Now, I don't read to you a verse of Scripture. <clears throat> Pastor Chach read this to us just a few minutes ago. Psalm chapter 95, verses 1 and 2. Before I do that, let me tell you what we're going to do tonight as we shift gears. I, I kind of alluded to that with you. We've been talking for 10 weeks about 10 different core beliefs of our faith. Things that we need to know, things that we need to nail down and, and just know for sure when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. If you've missed any of them, you can go online to 1910church.com and listen. We may even have some of those, I don't know, even out at guest services for you on CD. But, but we've been talking about what those 10, we started with this idea of God. God, you have to start with God. In the beginning, God, right, created the heaven. And we've talked about, we said week number one, that we believe that the God of the Bible is the one true God. He is the one true God. Out of all the things on the market today in our world that we live in, we believe that the God of the Bible is the one true God. Are we okay so far? We believe that he's the one true God. We've been talking about these 10 beliefs tonight. We're going to shift gears a little bit and begin talking about not just things that we need to know, but more importantly, things as believers we need to do. Scripture says, don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word. Now listen, we do not do the things of the word in order to earn our salvation or right standing with God. We do those things of the word because of our right standing and our relationship with God. Amen. Because Jesus Christ has saved me. Because God has planted his spirit within me and made me new. Oh, I want to do the things outlined in the Bible. Does that make sense? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about things that we need to do. There are so many people within churches across our nation today that are good listeners. They've loaded up again on a a great sermon. They've attended a conference, uh, a a gathering, a seminar. They podcasted somebody. They've stored up lots of information. What separates true believers, I believe, and where the rubber meets the road is when we actually begin to live out what God's word says that we should do. Does that make sense to you? So tonight we're going to deal with one of those things that we need to do. Now, if we believe that the God of the Bible is the one true God, that there is no one else like him, that he is the rock of our salvation, here's what I believe our response to that is and what we should do. We should worship him. Worship. Tonight, we're going to talk about worship. Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout begrudgingly to the rock. No, let us shout how? Joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. I'm going to read you a few more verses. This is bonus Bible. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods, lower G. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. That's a good God. That's a strong God, powerful God. The sea belongs to him for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land too. So come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. And listen to this last sentence. If only you would listen to his voice today. Whoa. 
tonight we're going to talk about this thing called worship. Because I believe that it is an appropriate response to a God who's given us everything. Now when the average Christian thinks about worship, they tend to think about music. Or how a worship service is planned out. And, and by the way, we, 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 I, don't, I don't really care for that, that, that phrase, worship service. Because to me, a service is something that somebody does for you. If, if, if I'm here tonight and I'm going to service you and serve you, that means I'm going to give you something that you want, correct? To me, this is not about what you want or what I want. When we gather in a room like this, it's about us gathering together to give God what he deserves. Does that make sense to you? I know it's crazy and it's just semantics. I like to refer to this as a worship experience. Because here's the deal. Our goal from day one at 1910 Church has been to create worship experiences where people know that they've been in the presence of something greater than them. They know that they've been in the presence of something greater than them. When we think about worship, we, we, we tend to limit worship to experiences like this or maybe even to music. Perhaps there's maybe a favorite hymn. We sang words to a hymn tonight. Did you catch it? On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Remember that one? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Thank you. Whoa. Remember when we used to sing out of books? Yeah. For so many people, maybe there's a favorite hymn. Maybe there's a favorite praise song that captivated you and, and during some sort of worship experience or, or some revival gathering. But that's not really what worship is. Music is not worship. And I, found, I feel funny saying that, but it's true. Music is not worship. Music is an expression of worship, but it is not worship. Well, what is worship then? Well, I have a definition for you tonight that I want us to look at. It says this. Worship is the what? It's the attitude of our hearts in gratefulness for who our Lord Jesus Christ is and what he's done for you and me. Has God been good to anybody in this room? Has he blessed you? Yeah, yeah. And so as a response to his goodness and as a response to what Jesus Christ has done for us, when I worship, I'm just responding to what he's done and who he is. Amen? But it's also our commitment to express it with an attitude of gratitude. Say that. An attitude of gratitude. That's good wordsmithing right there, isn't it? An attitude of gratitude in our daily lives. I said daily. Do you understand that you can worship on other days besides Sunday night at 6 p.m.? Do you know that? That you can worship the Lord Monday as you're driving into San Antonio and fighting ugly, nasty, gnarly traffic. How many of you drive to San Antonio for work on a daily basis? Man, I'm praying that the Lord would deliver you from that job that you have because it is nasty. I had to go to San Antonio just recently. And I'm telling you, I did not have an attitude of gratitude as I was driving in that day. In fact, I was a little put off. I cast out some demons somewhere around the dominion. I don't know, but I was just done. I was like, Lord Jesus. So, hey, if you work in San Antonio, give the 
the boss your papers tomorrow and say, hey, I'm going to go start a business in Bernie or Comfort or somewhere where I don't have to drive so far and we're just going to bless the local economy. Amen? I know that that's not real. That's a joke. Some of you are going, did he really just tell me to go? No, I'm not saying that. But worship, worship is this attitude of gratitude. When I stop and think about all that God has done for me, what Jesus has meant to my life, how could I not want to respond to him with this attitude of gratitude? And, and I'm telling you something. Doesn't God oftentimes show up and do a work of lives more than just once a week? Absolutely. You can meet him on Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, hump day. What day is it's hump day? You know, you, even then, even then, God is good. And if you're honest with yourself, he's doing a great work. Why would you not want to respond to him with this attitude of gratitude? Now listen, music, of course, is one of those ways in which we can worship him. But true worship, true worship is meeting with God. It's it's pouring out our heart to him, giving him what he's worthy of, and just thanking him for his goodness. This whole experience that you are part of tonight, everything about what you have experienced since you pulled in the front gate tonight is worship. Its purpose is to give you an opportunity just to say, God, thank you. From, from the parking lot to, to, to the, 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 the prayers that are being offered up tonight, to, to those opportunities that, that you've had to hopefully engage. Hey, do you guys talk to one another when you show up on Sundays? I hope you do because y'all kind of like all spread out and like somebody's got the plague or something and you don't like to, to sit together. We, we may just narrow it down and put like 87 seats in here where we got to sit next to us, you know. Uh, but, but even talking and interacting with people, all of those things, the coffee you drink or, or the reading of Scripture, definitely the songs you sing, all of those things are meant to be a part of a worship experience that just thanks God for who he is. The, the prayers we pray, the ordinances that we celebrate around here of, of communion and, and baptism. Hey, listen, I believe that just as Pastor Howard E. Hayworth so eloquently stated in the announcement video, even bringing our finances to the Lord's house, dropping it in that box that so many of you avoid when you walk in, even bringing our best to the Lord is an act of Worship. So are you seeing it? Worship is not just music. It's everything that we're experiencing in this room here tonight. Do you like it? Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think worship is boring? Now, I'm going to be honest. There's probably been a time or a place that maybe you've been a part of something. He's like, oh, man. Ugh. You know, and, and, and or maybe, how I many, if you're a parent, maybe you've got kids. Is it ever maybe a hassle for you to have to get those kids together and get them dressed and their teeth brushed and their hair combed in order to get them out the door and get them to church? I mean, is it really worth all the hassles that go along with getting here for church? Some of you say, for what? Why am I doing this? If we're not careful, we can become hard and disappointed with God. 
And we can feel like what we are coming to be a part of is really not worth the effort. And we can get to that place where we no longer feel like worshiping him. We, we may only be interested in emotional reactions or, or how we feel or, or what we get. I hope they sing my song. I hope he preaches a topic that I need to hear and I want. I hope I get to sit in my chair, in my section. And, you know, it's, it's, it's me, me, me. That's why I don't like the word service. I love you guys. And Sunday night is probably one of my favorite times of the day on Sundays. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not here for you. <laughs> I'm not. Now, I hope that the things we talk about and sing about, somebody's already going, oh my gosh, I went to church Sunday and the preacher said he doesn't care about me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm here to worship God. Hey, I, I, have, I have bounced and jumped and danced like Shrek all day long today for three other services. This is my fourth time. I'm a sweaty mess right now. Don't touch me afterwards, but it's worth it. It's because I get to do this and I want to worship a God that's given me his very best. And so it's not about what I feel. It's not about what I can walk out of here with. It's about giving God what he's worthy of. It's me pouring out my heart of gratitude to him and saying, God, thank you. I believe that you are the one true God and you are worthy of this. Maybe it's not the song selections. Maybe it's the length of the experience or maybe even some of the subjects that, that we teach about here that are the problem. If there's a problem with you and worship and it's boring or it seems like it's not worth it, maybe the problem is your attitude or your limited knowledge of what we are to do and what we're to be about when we gather in rooms like this to worship. Are you with me tonight? I've been making the statement, I think I shared this with you guys last week for sure. There's no place in scripture where when, when someone encounters God and they say that it's not relevant or where he or she is bored. If I find me a story in scripture where someone truly comes into the presence of God, they worship him, Moses on the mountain. You think when Moses made the long trek up the mountain to meet with God, you know, multiple times and he would go up. Do you think he ever went up there and said, listen, this is really a long journey up here, God, and this is really not worth it. Can you not just show up down here, down in the valley with all the people? No, it was worth it to him. Or, or, or you, you, you think when Moses had that burning bush experience with, with, with God, you think he kind of just said, ah, pff, I've seen that before. That's really not relevant. Do you, you, you think when Jonah came up out of the belly of, of this great fish after spending how many days in the belly of a fish? Anybody know? Anybody know? Three days? You think he just came out and said, ah, oh, guys, no big deal, you know, just kind of, you know, Holiday Inn Express was booked last night and I just kind of just, no. You, 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 you think, you, no, anyone in Scripture that's had this true, meaningful experience with God, they've never regretted it. You'll never find anywhere in Scripture where someone truly encounters the presence of God and they leave there bored with it or feeling like, oh, that was irrelevant for my life. No. And so you see, when we gather in a room like this, what an incredible opportunity we have 
to give God what he's worthy of. And I'm telling you, it is always worth it. I've never regretted it. I've not. And so if we become bored in our worship attendance, it might possibly be that our reverence and attitude is wrong. Perhaps our passion has disappeared. Worship becomes boring or a hassle oftentimes because we want to be pleased or because maybe we even yearn for whatever the the latest fad or happenings are in the church world or worship world around us and we're just not receiving them. Listen, we need to realize that boredom comes from a heart that is detached from the focus and the object of worship. And that focus and object of true worship is Jesus Christ. He is our object. He is who we are to focus on. And if worship to you seems dull and boring and like a waste of your time, maybe you're not paying attention to the one that you should be. It's a personal and spiritual problem. We lose focus. We get careless when we walk into a room like this. We become lazy. And if we're not careful, this can even become rote, routine, mundane, can't it? We must re-engage our hearts. We must re-engage our minds to be renewed to Jesus Christ and to be satisfied for what he has done in us. And when we worship, we are to respond to him and to him alone. And it comes down to one simple thing, surrender. It comes down to us surrendering our will over to his so that he is more and we are submitted to him. Tonight's not about you. We're glad you're here. We hope that you're encouraged. But listen, what's going to encourage you tonight is not a song we sang. What's going to encourage you and make you better is your encounter with the spirit of the living God. Does that make sense to you? That's worship. You know, at the core of this thing called the church, the church exists to glorify God. But even in corporate settings, worship doesn't begin with an activity. What I mean by that is this. Worship doesn't begin when Pastor Chot strums that first guitar chord. Now listen, I know, and please don't send me emails this week. Listen, I know that we don't have to gather in a room like this with, with other people present in order to worship God. I get that. You can worship God in your own home and in your car on the way to San Antonio as you battle traffic. You need to get your praise on and worship in those settings, right? You can worship him at your school. You can worship him in the locker room. You can worship him where you work. You can worship him with, your, with a friend or, 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 or by yourself. But make no mistake about it. This thing called corporate worship is a big deal as well. It's a big deal. But don't expect this to be the beginning activity of your life of worship. You see, worship begins with our individual responses to God for who he is and how he has shown up in our lives. 
You see, true worship is not dependent upon a pastor or a band or anyone else. True worship is you as a worshiper coming to that realization says, you know what? God is here, he's with me, and he is good, and he is more than enough. And listen, those experiences don't happen just one day a week. Remember our initial definition? On a daily basis, you and I can worship God. Has anybody worshiped God besides 6 p.m. on Sunday night this week? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. It's awesome. He showed up in your life this week in some form or fashion. You saw him intervene in a situation where you thought it was hopeless, and he just showed up and he says, I'm God, and I got this. And he's shown up and he's done a work in your life. You know, most of my life, I thought that you went to church to worship. I did. Growing up, I thought, man, I, I, we got to go to church. It's, it's time to worship. But what I see now, the better approach is to go to church worshiping. I don't go to church to worship, but I go to church worshiping. Hey, listen, church is a lot better when our meetings are filled with people that have been pursuing God for six days before they ever get here. If, if, if you view church as a refill, or if coming to church is just a time for you to tank up, that is disastrous. You see, corporate worship works best when we arrive with something to offer God as opposed to only coming to get something for us. And so I started thinking about that this week. Hey, what would happen if each person in this room tonight what would happen if, if, if we were seeking the face of God throughout the week, not just on Sundays? Hey, what would happen if, if we came to church worshiping, already filled with an awareness of, of his presence before we ever walked in those front doors? What would happen? Oh, man, you thought it was good tonight. It would be so much sweeter, wouldn't it? But I'm a realist And I know that for many of us, we've not sat and paused and pondered on who God is, maybe except for this time on Sunday nights. I'm a realist, and I know that there were probably places of worship filled today with people. And for so many people in those houses of worship today, today was the very first time this week that they've stopped to set their mind on things above. I I believe that there probably were even people that were sitting in those places of worship today and they heard great sermons, they sang great songs, but yet they probably still did not truly worship God today. We need to stop that. So, So many of us treat church like it's some sort of visit to the local mall. We come in and we just sit around and we chat it up and we get a, a, a drink of coffee and we just kind of hang out and we, we wait for someone to guide us before we ever stop to connect to the privilege of all of this. I love what Pastor Chach prayed earlier tonight. He said something like this, worship is centering our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the Lord. Listen, when we come to worship together, it's important that we take time to lock our gaze on the Lord. He is our focus. 
we're here tonight for him. We sing a song that says that we are here for you. To you, our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. Oh, that's worship, church. And our primary reason for being here is to see him. To see him. So the next time you come to worship, take a deep breath as you're walking through the parking lot and just take in the vastness of the God that you're coming to meet. Think about his love. Think about his grace that he's demonstrated to you as you walk through the door. And I'm telling you, by the time we get in this room, you're running to this house. You're here ready to roll. I'm telling you, our worship will be sweet. So I want, I want you to leave here tonight with something. Here's really, that was kind of the warm-up before the real sermon. <clears throat> Here's really what I want you to leave here with tonight. And it's this truth. We were made for God. We were. In fact, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Romans chapter 11, verse 36 that says this. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for whose glory? His glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Listen, leave that verse up for just a second. You've been created by God and you've been created for God. And I believe that there's something within inside each and every one of us that longs for our maker. There is something that draws us to him. There's this longing that I believe all of us have to connect with our creator. And we desire to bring glory and honor to him. If only everyone can know that. If only every person on earth would know that they have been created by God and they've been created for God. Can, can I tell you why I worship like I do? Can, can I tell you why I worship my creative God? It's because of that statement I just made. I worship because of my creative God. You see, he created a reason to worship. He created a masterpiece that proves he is the one true God. He created a venue that brought an answer to the claims being made as to who he was. And you know what he created? He created an empty tomb. What? An empty tomb. Did you hear me? He created a piece of art, that empty tomb that included a glorious sunrise. That piece of art he created that day included stunned Roman guards. That masterpiece that he created that day included grave clothes that once bound his broken, bloodied body. That masterpiece that he created that day was validity that Jesus is 
the Son of God. You see, on Easter morning some 2,000 years ago, an angel, an angel spoke words that would change all of history. And by the way, it'll change your life as well. You see, in the book of Matthew chapter 28, verse 6, the angel said, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where the body was lying. You see, that's the reason I worship. That's the reason I worship. That's the reason I get excited talking about my God. That's the reason why I lift my hands to the skies. That's the reason, that's the reason that I live my life in such a way as to bring a big smile to his wonderful face. That's the reason why I cannot stop talking about my great God, my creative God, because the tomb is empty. And he is risen. See, church, listen. That's what separates him from so many other so-called religious leaders of the day. Hey, none of them have ever died and come back to life. He did. He's the only God that's been able to pull that one off. He's the only one that's ever walked on water. He's the only one that can speak to the wind and the waves and tell them to be quiet. He's the only one that can tell the sun when to come up and tell the moon when to go and hide. He is the only one who talks to people through a burning tumbleweed. He is the only one that can take some fish and chips and create a gourmet meal to feed the masses. He is the only one who knows someone's history and loves them regardless. He is the only one who can send fire from heaven to a man-made water-soaked altar and consume it. He is the only one who ever had an earthquake rock his funeral. He is the only one who has ever died for you. And so listen, you wanna know why I worship? That's why I worship God. And make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. He will return one day to call those who love him to worship him in heaven for eternity where they will get their praise on forever. And so listen, you have an option today. You have an option today. You can sit where you're at and just be bored with this or you can begin practicing for what we will do forever and that is worshiping a great God in heaven. Hey church, listen. May it not be said of you when you get to heaven. May it not be said of you. Somebody look at you and say, what? What? What are you doing? That's not worship. Listen. We are here today to practice, to get ready to worship a God that has given us His very best. Church, how can we not give Him our best? He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He deserves it. 